Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Matterall. This podcast is about EVE Online, and today we're going to explore the Chinese time zone. And we'll meet a special guest, Wind Spirits, in a little bit. First, I want to say hello to our、uh, panel, and that is、uh, Carneros. Good morning, or good afternoon. Yeah, and Cascora. Hi, good morning, everybody. Yeah, so today I'm not in Los Angeles as usual. I am actually broadcasting from near the Sequoia National Forest, where I have some family, and I'm at a farm there inside of their offices. And as、uh, Gentano's the trophy behind me is my、um, Matani participation trophy. <laughs> Every member so, of nine and gets one. That's right. Everybody can show it, and your freighter won't get ganked. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And they'll and they'll go and they'll take out the fake stations for you afterwards. It's cleanup. So yeah, so that's what's going on. That's why it might look a little bit different today. How have you been, Carneros? After doing a couple of really cool shows for Push to Talk. Ah,、oh, thank you. Those those were a lot of fun.、Uh, those guys are a hoot. It's going well. And those shows talk about your professional life as a producer for video games. It's mostly about the industry and not just about. You know my experiences. We we ramble about all kinds of games, old ones, current ones, what's coming next. It's fun. Yeah, worth a listen. Kaskara, what have you been up to? Well, I got evicted, so I've been、uh, <laughs> a little busy with that.、Um, we should say、uh, not in real life. Not in real life. No, I'm I'm still in my same house with my blue wall.、Um, but、uh, we had a. Crazy fight two weeks ago. We, I was on here, and there was a, the last episode or two weeks episode covered that crazy, crazy fight. Yeah. And、um, you know, we were hoping that we could restock and hold out if there was a second round, and there was. And they brought in even more people than before, and it got to the point where real life was catching up with all of us, and we we just needed to. The best we could, but we couldn't put in the same kind of effort that we had the previous weeks. We were all—I think all of our—all the wives of my guys were like getting really pissed at this point that they've been spending so much time playing Eve. <laughs> yeah. So、um, we ended up—we ended up losing all our structures, but we're moving into a new home this weekend, and you know things are kicking off. My guys have been so great, and it's just so cool to see everyone come together. Like that,、yeah. like how everyone's been so supportive and all helping out, and so even though we might have lost the final battle, like I feel really pretty good about the way we we showed everybody how we can stand up to you know such a big force. So、oh, cool. We'll, we'll find out what's out and out, but it's going well. We'll find out what's next for you guys at the end of the show when we do a news wrap up. But that's cool. I'm glad you are around today. So we also want to introduce Jin Tan from the CSM. Um, actually, yeah, surprising to hear you not say from CVA,、uh, but yeah, part of test now.、Uh, as you correctly identified, I've been moving my playtime a little bit away from actually playing Eve Online and to,、uh, in terms of seeing and making more videos and doing more CSM work. So that's been good fun for the past couple of weeks. I'm a little burnt out after the whole Providence campaign, but I'll get back to it after FanFest, I think. Well, yeah, we want to talk about CSM later because that is coming up quick.、Uh, so we'll see what's up there. For today, we're going to introduce、uh, Win Spirits, who is the CEO of Fraternity, and、uh, he's here to clear up a lot of questions that have come up from the Eve Metasphere about, you know, what the Chinese are up to, because there seem to be a lot of them joining up, and、uh, we started seeing them bring out fleets and contend in a very big way, especially in the south there. 
Hi, Wind Spirits. How are you? Good. Good evening, guys. Good evening, audience. We know it's really late for you, so thanks for staying up super late. Uh, you're, you're located where? I'm located in Shanghai. Awesome. Beautiful city. Let's get, oh, actually, we should also say that, Carneros, you spent some time in China, right? Yeah, I used to. I lived there years and years ago. But um, I've also gone back to visit uh, the Shanghai offices of CCP and uh, a couple other places. And it's a lot of, it's uh, changed a lot over the years. The downtown area is beautiful. It's a huge city, very impressive. If you're going to live in China, Shanghai is definitely some place to consider. It's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. I always don't fancy big cities. I like more remote areas, uh, like where you well, know David is living right now. So that's what yeah, I would when prefer you... when I retire, and you know, I'll definitely go somewhere like that. Well, when uh, when you're back in uh, California, come visit the, the farm. We'll, we'll go see the sequoia trees that are these giant definitely. hobbit like summer. summer yeah. Yes, yeah, the summer. Cool. Uh, Wind Spirits, why don't you tell us how you got started in EVE and a little of your history? Uh, sure. It was, I think, back in 2002, 2003. Um, I was moved over from a game called Earth and Beyond. I, I, I think I got that name right. It's another spaceship game. And then I played it that. I enjoyed it, the sci-fi content of it. And then when Eve came up, I pay uh, very close attention to its development. And then I was playing also the alpha and the beta tests of uh, Eve. And then I start off basically right on the first day. So you were there from the beginning. Yes, yes. Wonders, and, uh, basically. Yeah, that game that you came from is the same game that... Um, Scarlet came from, and the same game that Sir Mole came from, and so a lot of the early uh, Eve players were people that were coming over from that game. If I remember correctly, wasn't Evolution a transplant effectively from? Yeah, it was. Either Earth and Beyond. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's crazy to hear how like important that game, like Earth and Beyond, was to the development of Eve's culture, because we see so much of the cultural touchstones come from that game. Something that I really hope. Andrew Groen actually looked into it at some point. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. yeah, did yeah you, what was happening in that game that made you want to... You were just keeping an eye on Eve, but when it broke, it seemed like a bigger universe to conquer? Or what was the attraction? Well, I actually... Um, um, I only played that game for maybe, I think, four months. Um, definitely, it's different from other RPG games, of course. I played it. A few other ones, but uh, back then I was basically a strictly uh, RTS player. So I play real-time strategy game mostly, and um, this kind of uh, MMO RPGs, just games that I kind of get tired of strategy game and then go on break for a couple of months and then I go back to strategy game. So uh, when E first started, I only played like two months because there's really nothing to do besides mining. Um, and there's only few ships. Uh, the market is still very, you know, in a very amateur phase. So it wasn't that attractive. So I played it for a couple months, and then I went AFK until 2007. That's when I really start playing the game. 2007. Okay, yeah, that's when a lot of stuff was starting to happen. 
So what was your first, uh, when you, when you started out, uh, what was the first milestone for you that, that you want to talk about? Well, I was just a regular line members. Um, maybe it started back in about 2009, 2010, when I joined the Ablay Alliance back then. Uh, it was basically a, a sister alliance of uh, BOB. Um, and I was there. There's uh, two corporations, Chinese corporations, uh, within the uh, alliance. So I, I wasn't in the Chinese cooperation, but in another uh, cooperation. But I do the communication between uh, the leadership of the uh, cooperation and the alliance uh, leadership. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I start you know, doing this kind of political works. Uh, and then it kind of built me a lot of friendship, uh, both on the uh, Chinese uh, group here in Global Server and also uh, with uh, several of the FCs and uh, leadership of uh, Play. What was the uh, relationship like between the two Chinese corps? Were they friends? Um, friends, but they are not really uh, collaborating with each other that much. One is basically active uh, more in LOSAC, and then one is in LSAC base. So... Um, they talk to each other, but not in a, they don't have OP, not in a weekly, monthly basis, no. So um, back then, there, there were, I think, more than 100 Chinese players on the global server, way more, I would say, but they just scatter all across EVE. And um, there was, I think, two to three times they tried to come together and then put together an alliance, but uh, it only lasts for like two, three months and it immediately broke apart. Wow. So we'll skip ahead to 2010. Did you bring together uh, your first alliance then? Uh, 2012, yes. It was Pangu. Um, it was, uh, I would say, on the Global Surfer, our fourth or fifth try of bringing together uh, alliance. And um, um, I was leading uh, with three other uh, Chinese players. And um, at the end, it was after just a couple of weeks, it was, again, uh, just me left in the leadership, other when either AFK or um, uh, got pissed off because of some other members like before, and then they left. So I ended up leading the alliance by myself, mainly, for roughly uh, six to eight months. So that was the first time I was doing something other than just uh, being an F1 monkey, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Jintan, do you have something to add? Yeah, um, one of the things I've always found kind of interesting about Fraternity is um, up until very, very recently, they were, as far as I was aware, an NPC NOSAC alliance. And you guys, like how I first found out about you guys was from your appearances in the alliance tournament. Uh, Is that something you're involved in? Uh, I actually tried to get into the last one. Um, I was disqualified on the last uh, 15 minutes before the match start because I was just transferred back from NC to back to fraternity because you guys had this, uh, what is it? I, I kind of missed out the entire war of uh, uh, removing goons from uh, the north. So I was like, oh, that, that sounds like a fun event. So I got in, but um, it was just structure grinding. So that wasn't, it was, I think, two years ago. I, I, I don't remember, yeah. so... Around this so that, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was not too entertaining as I thought it should be. So 
I just went to NC for a couple of months, and then when I came back to the game last May, I joined back into a fraternity. And yes, like you said, back then they are mainly just an NPC alliance. Calling them an NPC alliance is a bit harsh. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we had, um, yeah, we had uh, experience in uh, uh, sovereignty before. That was when I started fraternity back in uh, 2013. We, we were holding soft, uh, around also around Curse, and we were participating in the Halloween Wall. And after that, I went AFK for basically three years. And then between um, then and then now, basically there was um, three, four other uh, people uh, that uh, end up leading a fraternity for months up to a year. And they all try to do different things. Um, I appreciate it. They put in great effort to keep the community alive. How does it kind of feel to be in charge of what's probably the fastest growing power in EVE Online? It is an interesting experience. I would say that um, when I came back last May, I, I basically see the trend already. I think people told me before asking me to come back because uh, people from Serenity server was flooding into the global server. And when I came back and I see what's going on, I wasn't really happy about it um, because um, there are definitely a lot of players coming to the Tranquility server, but they were not staying long. They were just here for a couple of weeks or months. And they, they, when they don't build a connection with the, the world here, they basically either go back to Serenity or just go AFK or play some other games. So I see a lot of potential to uh, build the Chinese community uh, into a greater power. But uh, the leadership back then um, just wasn't clicking the right button. So I told them basically, why not give me a try again? And then uh, that's what I did uh, for the last uh, six, eight months. You've done exceptionally well in that position. You talk about players kind of coming from Serenity to TQ. Can you, I know you don't play on Serenity, but can you talk a little bit about why that is? Have you uh, been able to talk to your members about it at all? Um, you mean why are they coming over from Serenity? Yeah, why, why are they leaving? Well, uh, that server is just unplayable. I will, for, for someone who never played on the Serenity server, I, I, it's hard to imagine because they are only playing half of Eve. That's how I would put it because um, it's just everyone playing in one time zone. So a lot of the fundamental game mechanics kind of breaks down. Right. And then everyone is speaking the same language, obviously, and you know it's very easy to just have spy all over the place. I guess now it's not that difficult here on Tranquility, also. But you know, so the server is just kind of the also the the economy system is also kind of weird compared to Tranquility. So it's just more like a private server where things are just. They don't know that because that's the only server they've been played on. But when they come to the global server, they see, aha, so this is quite different. Yeah, it's kind, it's it, kind of weird to hear you talk about time zones because I never thought about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I would try to put it shortly. So um, there's basically not that many software. Um, when the server started back in 2004, 2005, the major big plower, uh, went into the space where they were in right now and then basically stayed there until now. 
So basically, there wasn't a change here in terms of a soft, not in this kind of big scale that happened in Eve in the past 10, 15 years. So it's just um, one alliance uh, trying to go to war against another alliance. And then you have a 500-man fleet on one side and then maybe 300 on the other side. And then the 300 ones stand down for the first day, for the second day, for the third day. And then they just give up and then set all the timers to midnight. And then that's it. There's no drive to kind of invade into another person's uh, soft because soft grinding 4 a.m. in the morning is just not uh, attractive content to players. And then there's not that uh, big drive to get more soft because of the population density on that server is much lower compared to uh, tranquility. So basically, it's more like a static space for the last 10, 15 years. Oh, interesting. And it recently got dominated. Yeah, just just one PIBC core uh, alliance that uh, won a huge, gigantic uh, super cap battle. And then that's it. Basically, there wasn't really that major of a resistance that came afterwards. So basically, the universe is relatively still since uh, it was, I think, 2014. Yeah, it's been pacified. So then there is more players coming from that server and or china in general lately that's not just um an illusion there are more people coming yes yeah, since i would say since 2015 2016 that was back when i was still afk from halloween war that i heard that you know there's a huge population boost to the uh, curse uh, uh chinese community uh player base alliance so there's several uh, groups of people that came here, played, and then they go FK, but new people come in. So we kept a pretty good number around Curse uh, until uh, when I came back and started leading the alliance again. Now, why around Curse? Is there anything specific about Curse? Um, um yes kind of um it's what we have figured out basically me and a few other leadership people that um we tried to go much deeper into uh 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 into player base uh Nelsec. but um for a chinese only alliance it's very difficult to keep the player uh, especially the pvp players active uh between wars basically and um so if we go and live too deep into the nelsac space then the content will be very dry and then um another difficulty is that uh, all the chinese players including the fc they're not good at communicating with the outside world so it will become even more difficult for them to uh participate in uh quality contents so you start to have a you start to reach a bottleneck of a uh, population really quickly. And then you kind of mm-hmm. just stay there. You try to, you know, recruit 50 people, 50 people before that will leave. So you just have a very low uh, bottleneck of player base. But uh, living somewhere uh, in like Curse, you keep, um, because people, a lot of uh, Alliance come here for vacation, right? 
So mm -hmm. so it's much easier to keep an active uh, player base here, especially for this Chinese player. They can just uh, make a few jumps and then get into a reasonably big fight. So um, especially when I go FK, uh, the leadership think that, you know, this is where the Chinese people can stay and still have fun. Uh, instead of just go somewhere ratting and then you know get a few super can and go AFK, so this is actually the place we have uh, learned to basically call up call home. Interesting. It's also a lot of place. It's it's the birthplace of a lot of big alliances over the years. Uh, if you look at some of the groups in uh, uh, what is it, uh, Arcane Technology or Atuk was started there and. Uh, the Red Alliance and Solar all started in uh, Curse. And so it's, it's interesting that it's kind of been a place of a lot of growth. Uh, and I guess it's because you're right, people vacation there. So there's always smaller things to do and you don't need to have, um, you know, uh, you don't need to have a bat phone to call people in to help you out and stuff, which is what you're saying is one, you're near activity because you have people in near your same time zone russians i guess and then uh when you have a language barrier to be called in to to participate in other people's fights you can only rely on your own fights and curse provides that more on a more consistent basis yes definitely that's right curse is also an incredible region geographically because it's so close to so many good places for just like small gang roaming um that it just it provides amazing content. Like you're always going to have people in catch. Catch is a central point in Nullsec. There will always be people moving through it. You're near Providence when Providence has Provi in it. That that's just easy kills. Some you know, some percentage of the time. You're you know you're close to Scolding Pass and Innsmother, which is ratting grounds for the DRF. It's it or historically has always sorry those regions have always historically been like ratting centric regions. So Curse has always been the place to be for a small alliance that wants to fight above its weight. And that's why you see so many good alliances come out of Curse. Yeah, definitely. So you guys have made a splash. Uh, there's a lot of people who were very interested in, is this the rise of a new time zone? What we call, you call it what? what? What do you call the time zone? Uh, I call it Asia time zone. Um, a rise, I would say that definitely. Um, I wasn't sure uh, back in last May when I came back and started leading the alliance. There, back then, there wasn't a coalition. And then a few groups you see today that is big, Chinese-wise, uh, they started only with two, three players. So back then, I wasn't too sure what this uh, group of Chinese people will become because I, I never played again. I never played on Serenity server. So um, I started to get to know them. And then um, I tried the different things um, to see what kind of content they're interested in. And slowly, basically, we grow to the size we are uh, today, um, and which is, um, I think we can still grow bigger, maybe up to um, around three max fleet, subcat fleet wise. Uh, that's the size I think I'm aiming for today still, but um, not sure. Um, how long I can hold it together. That's also one thing. So you're saying that the, your aim for fraternity is to get 750 people online for like big fights? Uh, not fraternity, coalition. We have a coalition now. Right. Sorry. That's what's, the co what's the coalition? Uh, you mean the name? We call us our winter coalition. That's the name. Nice. Uh, 
But who's in it? Uh, there's maybe eight uh, different alliances. Uh, there's four uh, major Chinese alliances, and there's also a Japanese uh, Korean alliance right now. We also try to recruit a few EU and US time zone cooperation into our group, but it's still kind of in the testing phase. That's funny to to cover your time zone, right? You need to recruit some Western groups. <laughs> yeah, originally, because like it's the reverse. <laughs> yeah, originally, my idea was to just have Triumvir do all the work in you know other off time zone for us. Um, but now, since they are not uh, that strong anymore, not not uh, at this moment, I think they will uh, slowly come back in the future. So uh, I guess we need to have a few uh, uh, more uh, population in the off time zone so we can uh, do some different strategy. Uh, having everyone in just one time zone can be quite tedious sometimes. Yeah, I, I just I love the idea of it being the reverse of you know, looking for Australian alliances to join so you can shore up your Aussie time zone or your Russian time zone. So I love that it's the reverse of that now. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now? Either uh, my, for you or for fraternity or for winter? Biggest, uh, challenge is still to find uh, quality and quantity uh, contents. Uh, because we are still, even with a, a bigger Chinese population uh, here on global server, uh, the Chinese time zone contents are still relatively dry. Um, whatever you guys do in other time zone, we have to go twice the distance just to get the same amount of content. So that is very stressful on the leadership and the FC team. So... Um, for me, I prefer us in almost a constant war state, not just uh, content deployment, but active war, because only war that can force your enemy to at least try to fight you in your time zone. Um, if I just give you an example, let's say if I form a 50-man Macario fleet and then go out, Maybe you'll find some content in our time zone, maybe not. Uh, there's bigger chance during weekend. But imagine if I'm trying to keep two max subcatfully alive. I need to have a war. Uh, if I don't have a war uh, for two, three months, people will start AFKing, not subscribing, and, and whatever is left. Maybe you, you don't see the alliance members uh, uh, dropping in terms of number, but what is left is the AFK, uh, the people, PvP players that when they AFK and play other games, and then what you left is just eight Rorcals mining. So that doesn't really uh, display the strength of the coalition. Even the number is still there. That's a really interesting kind of real politic point. We don't often hear alliance leaders talk about the difficulty of keeping uh, players engaged and how that can lead to conflict. So thank you for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. In in uh, recent times, I don't know if you've been aware, the Imperium has had the Space Violence SIG um, visiting in your area over in Curse. Has that been fun for you guys? Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yes and no. I guess, um, uh, oh, how do I put it? I, I, I never joined the goons, so I'm not exactly sure how uh, the FC team 
and the PvP players work within goons. Um, what I get a feeling is that it still went back to my original point. Um, it was fun for a few fights, but is there some kind of uh, this kind of uh, kill ratio system I heard about that is uh, supposed to be running between this uh, goon FCs that you cannot lose a fight too badly? So uh when the fight is not in their favor they don't seem to be willing to always engage that's no, how that, I feel. That, that's what's called wanting to win all your fights <laughs> yeah they, yeah but, there's no rule yeah. there's there's no rule about it but they do usually uh if they usually only take the fights that they think they have at least a chance of winning or everyone just says i don't care i want to throw away this ship let's go so it ended up uh, to my members uh, at least it feels like there was a few fights that was fun uh, there was definitely more fun fights back last year uh, in May when we are still relatively small back then we can form maybe 100 to 150 man fleet at most maybe with people do boxing but now if I really call like a major POCTA a day ahead I can get 500 subcaps and uh, it's a little bit difficult for space violent, even space violent combining with INIT. You guys are still kind of short in terms of number uh, until maybe you bring more reinforcements from um, Delft, which can be tedious for you guys to burn all the way up here. So um, it wasn't really fair fight for you guys. If you guys always take the fight. Uh, so you end up, you guys just, um, playing, I guess, more this kind of selfie, uh, dropping on Redding Carrier, those kind of uh, gameplay. So that wasn't too fun, at least not for the PvP players. <laughs> I think I think Imperium's getting called out, which is great. <laughs> Get, getting roasted for not taking fights. <laughs> yeah, I like, so, uh, it's, I, I, I'm not saying they're, they're not, not wolfy. Yeah, they're just like kind of under number. That's why it's like, I it's like the most to... diplomatic way of calling your enemies cowards I've ever heard. <laughs> like, holy shit, that's so yeah. great. You can, you can ask their FCI, even combo them and say that, well, if you are short in numbers, why not ask tests and you guys can gank up on me so we can have more leveled yeah. field. But they just, it doesn't seem like goons like tests. Yeah, test and uh, I don't know what's going on between test and uh, Imperium, but we'll, we'll, we'll pick that up a different time. How are you now? Like, what are things? What are things like right now? With because um, it looks like you lost a, a bunch of members. Was that just cleaning the rolls of inactives? Like eighteen hundred? Uh, yeah, that is just. Uh, we have one corporation that is something like fifteen hundred, two thousand members, but they have like five active members. So, so they wow. basically recruit since four or five years ago, and there's like an internal uh, their policy that they don't kick anyone. Everyone that joined, even for two days, is considered like a family. So they're not allowed to remove members. But right now, it's just that corporation isn't even active anymore. So we kind of do some member cleaning. And uh, we, we didn't lose any active members. So those are just uh, people that went AFK. And if they come back, they're welcome to join our ranks again. So An apology about my voice. I am still kind of recovering from my fever. Oh, it's all right. So I know it's really late. You sound great. Your English is great. Fantastic. You sound great. Thank you. Okay, thanks. I actually kind of have a question. Um, talking about getting players 
in. And you, you talked about how that can be a problem, especially keeping it there. How do you feel about the like the hacked way of getting a Chinese localization that I'm aware of getting removed? Uh, is that going to impact you guys in a negative manner? And do you think that CCP should be working on making a Chinese localization, given how fast your your you know that demographic is growing? Do you think it would help? Uh, definitely, that will help. Um, it was a. Uh... There was some big drama discussion that went on on the Chinese uh, Reddit, basically um, discussing about uh, CCP removing that. Um, I wasn't sure how big the impact was. Um, and now um, that has been clear for a week now. And our member base didn't drop by that much. So um, to me, I, I talked to the leadership that um, if this is going to be, it's definitely going to be a negative impact. Uh, for sure, but I what I told the leadership is that um, many of them basically came to me that okay we're gonna lose half of our active members and it's time to basically uh, shrink our space and then just guard those key system things like that. But I kind of have a, a completely different way of thinking. So I told them basically that since that is going to be a negative impact on the Chinese community, we as leaders need to do more to create more fun and active content for the members so they have more reason to stay in the game instead of going AFK or go play other games. So I told them that you should flee out and take fights more often since we are at a disadvantage right now because of the language uh, localization. Also earlier you talked about I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Matt Roll. I know I'm basically taking I, over your job. Here. I love this, and it's totally fine. We're going to put you on the crew and make you part of the panel because you're doing great. Go ahead. Great. I don't want to get in the way. Hey, you talked about, like, earlier, you're running these CTAs, you know, you're running big 500-man fleets. And for me, that's always been about massive objectives, you know, Fortazar time and Keepstar times. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on how the structured time zone tanking has impacted that kind of content for you. Because we hear a lot about it from the Western point of view, uh, but I don't know how it affects the Chinese players. Um, are you talking about the recent patch that kind of... Just the uh, mechanics or... in general, like how, how it works by locking people into a time zone. Because like, you're surrounded by a US entity in catch, you know, that's Test and Brave and all that. Um, do you find it hard to get fights because of that? Do you feel like it's not giving you what you need to grow as an alliance? I'm not sure how deep I can go into that topic because that will definitely reveal some of my key uh, strategy uh, objectives even in the coming weeks. But um, in general, totally yes. Um, don't don't, doxy, don't, don't yeah. break your plans over there. Not <laughs> yeah, trying to get you to do that, mate. Yes, if people uh, don't want to take fight against us, they will definitely just time for some ridiculous timer, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning and um, we won't be able to show up with more than 50 men. So um, for structure timers like uh, Citadels and, um, and this kind of timers, it's very easy to avoid because the timer is just one set, you know, fixed uh, hour. But for other things such as stations and IHUBs, there are ways to work around it. Um, and that's, I guess that's what I'm good at, actually. Um, I'm good at kind of forcing the enemies to fight uh, in my, uh, on my terms, basically. So um, I have ways to kind of maneuver around the time zone to try to get as much time 
uh, uh, PV contents into my time zone instead of just fighting kind of midnight, having to wake up. That's not good for the FC, not for their families, not for their wives. No, it create huge family <laughs> uh, things like uh, like I before, like I talked on the show before that uh, there were actually FC that went through uh, several divorces, not just one, two divorces because of you know over involving in Eve. So I don't want to have that. Wow. Again. All right, so uh, so we Westerners aren't alone in that. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a wife, though? Maybe like here, <laughs> yeah. our, our our family kind of forced us to get married, you know, at the age of twelve or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um... Thankfully, not. Basically, a, a, a lot of our kind of younger players, like myself, tend to be the FCs. Actually, don't have families. We probably barely have university to attend to. Gentan, uh, do you have any other questions and stuff? Because um, yeah, I, I've mostly been probing around about Serenity because I've I've always been totally fascinated by the Serenity server because it's an example of what you could have been like if it didn't have that Earth and Beyond culture instilled in it of, of wanting to fight and being very PvP focused. I see Serenity as kind of what Eve would have naturally become if it had no outside cultural influences. Um, that's my working theory, at least. I, I could obviously be entirely bullshit, as most of my theories tend to be. And what um, do you mean the way it would have become? Like just a pacified sci-fi virtual world? Yeah, I mean, we see this constantly with Eve where it goes into these periods where it's locking up and it looks like the Blue Donut's going to finally win and there's never going to be any wars again. And then, bam, out of nowhere, we see the same kind of things happen. We see this new power come up and it's full of the same kinds of people, the new like power-hungry people, and they start attacking them or they merge into a bigger entity and they make that bigger entity have a problem with another entity and the blue donut falls apart and there's this cycle of war because of that and you kind of talked about it best matter when you talk about how it's a continuum and the same people are always involved in the wars and those people are the people who came from earth and beyond you know nc dot has always been a big part of driving wars same with goons and they have those cultural influences and serenity doesn't that's something you would agree with, Spirit? Mm, somewhat. Uh, yeah, I, again, I never play on the Serenity server, but um, a lot of, I had a long discussion with the uh, Alliance Corporation CEO there. And basically, I tried to, at the beginning, I tried to get them into a comfortable place here on Tranquility, right? So I tried to learn how they would like to play the game, how they see the game, and what is fun to them, what is not. So um, it began with several conversations with the main FC on Tranquility, uh, I mean on Serenity. So um, they talk about some things, um, about, um, how do I put it? Um, Like uh, they're saying that the fights here on Tranquility is not as engaging as the ones in Serenity. So I kind of ask them why, and then I go into detail. And then I even follow them into uh, fights and then see how they perform against, you know, goon fleet and then test fleet and things like that. And, and definitely, um, there are quite a lot of brilliant FC on Serenity Surfer that have been performing extremely well. So when you're fighting a fraternity or fighting our coalition uh, during the past uh, uh, eight to 10 months, um, 
if you are fighting us in a constant basis, um, you will see a big variation of um, how do I put it? Um, the fleet basically sometimes we fight extremely well, and sometimes we're like idiots. Um, I won't compare to <laughs> particular uh, uh, alliance here on, on tranquility, but yes, that's because um, we have been, or at least uh, me and a few of my friends have been inviting uh, FC, not just a person, but FC teams from uh, uh, Serenity to come and try their hand on tranquility. Uh, back in um, before last year, because we didn't snowball the population big enough, um, there was only maybe up to a hundred man fleet they can form and fight with. Now they can basically text, uh, uh, try out more different things. Uh, we can form, like I said, a two max fleet right now, and slowly we are getting uh, the skill point to get into better ships. So these FC teams, a group of players, are more willing to come to Tranquility and then participate in these uh, big fights. And I will have to say, they, they perform brilliantly, very different from how... Uh, um, the fleets here were run because I was in BOB. Uh, I was in many uh, big alliances uh, and I was uh, basically fighting with a lot of uh, the very famous FC here. And I will say that um, in just straight comparison, many of these uh, Chinese FC have an edge uh, compared to uh, FC here on Tranquility. And if you want to go into detail, I can make some example, but I'm not sure what is the time limit here for. Oh, we're good. We'll, we'll go into examples. Um, I'm talking about not just one, one particular tactic. It's more on how, how they learn to fight. It's just completely different from tranquility. Because yeah, let's like go I into said, that. Yeah, definitely, let's go into this. Yeah, I, I've yeah. not heard about this. I'm fucking in. Let's go. Because, because Serenity has a broken economy system, like many of you guys already know a little bit. Um, the software is broken, right? So people get to just constantly uh, be in production. So the moons are mining, or the software people ratting, and boating is, uh, uh, boating is legal on the Chinese server. So a lot of boats are, you know, botting, sorry, botting. So um, you have this huge and very fast of uh, asset accumulation on the Serenity uh, compared to Tranquility. So Tranquility, you get to, you know, at least when I played back in, you know, around 2010, 2012, um, people get breaks, but they have to go to war. And during war, they don't get to... um, do ratting for five, 10 hours a day. But on Chinese server, it's been constantly doing that since the server launch because there's not that many major soft con- uh, conflicts. So, um, and the soft mechanics, like I said, was broken. So there's a lot of accumulation of assets, but they're not being digested because there's no drive into these big wars. So in order to solve that problem, the businessmen on the server kind of come together and say that, okay, we have a bunch of these uh, moon goods that we can make into zealots and, you know, eagles and all those tech two ships. But if there's no war, there's no way for us to profit from it. Right. So they start to hire uh, FC. They start to train FC um, with real life money. 
so many of these FC are paid in cash in real life to lead fleets. Uh, people still like to you know fight, right? So they would pay to lead fleet into fights, into this kind of more like arranged fight against each other, just so that this kind of uh, uh, product uh, products can be uh, blown up and then turn into is and then turn into other values. So these FC are extremely good at fighting this kind of range fight. And like I previously said, I think a month or two months ago, while the try kickstart was uh, being uh, on the final timer, I said that compared to Tranquility, Serenity FC is more like Olympic athletes. And the Tranquility FCs are more like warriors on real battles. So it's not comparison. It's not saying that one is better than the other. It's more saying that, okay, definitely if you have a soldier running in circles on an Olympic competition field, then the soldier will probably lose. But if you put this kind of Olympic athlete on the battlefield, have them carry 50 pounds of gears and then run through a few, you know, being shot and bombed at, they probably won't do too good either. It's just completely different style. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I'd love to do so, something about Serenity at some point. So, yeah. So if you want me to go into a little bit detail about this, how they're sure. different in terms of really tactics. Um, yeah. they, they even have, and I'm not kidding, <coughs> they have like mathematic calculation to the digits about what ship should be engaged against another fleet at what range. Because they are getting this fight day in and day out, constantly basis. Like, you know, I don't know, just random, you know, 300 million shooting at 300 Zelot. So when you do that often enough and you are, uh, you are one of the SC and let's say I am one of the SC on the other team. So we both kind of develop a bunch of people that will be helping us on that fight. And we all know exactly what we are doing. And then everything is kind of calculated to win that fight. And that is just not happening often enough on the Tranquility server because here we're fighting real war. Uh, we're always trying to be more, the risk factor is always calculated in. But on the Chinese server, it's not. It's just like, you know, shooting down a line on an Olympic, you know, competition field. So they developed this kind of sixth sense on how to do an engagement against other ships. So when they come onto the Tranquility server and I follow their fleet, they, they have some kind of weird setup for some of the fleet. And then the FC were so confident going into a fight that I'm not sure, sure that I can win. But they are saying that, oh, don't worry, I've been doing this kind of you know, day in, day out for five years. And they go in, they just blow up the entire other side of the fleet. We had this, um, if you remember... Um, uh, there was this alliance called uh, Gorgon Empire. They're yes. pretty good PvPers, right? They're, they're yeah. considered the better part of the Russians, right? And I remember fighting them when I was in AAA and some other alliance. They are just like close. I, I won't, I, I'm not sure if they should be compared to like Black Legion stuff, but they're quite up there when you are talking about you know, medium-sized scale combat. They really have experienced FC, experienced combat. And these FC from Chinese server come in and 
we, we are both in carriers and the Chinese server uh, FC blow the other fleet, entirely annihilated the Gogan Empire fleet, like 70 to 2. That was just ridiculous, like kill 70 carriers and lose like two carriers. And in some weird yeah, shit, fit. and some use some weird shit tactics, and I uh, say that wow, it really works. Yeah, I, I got to say it's really interesting there. The point about the industry feeding into how FCs learn, and then you talked about how everyone's using the same ships constantly. Do you think that because of the focus on industry in the Chinese server, that means that there's less of um, less room to innovate in the meta compared to tranquility? which causes a lot of these fights to be very similar, which allows this development of very, very niche tactics. Um, I would say that the biggest impact on this is that many of these players don't have to worry about uh, this uh, ship losses, both the FC and the players. Uh, on Chinese server, um, especially in the last three, four years, if you get into the game, let's say you never play the game, you, you start up a new account, you get into the game, and there will be a corporation uh, talk to you that try to hire you into their group, and then they will give you an entire set of skill book worth billions, and then they will give you free ships and all these kind of things for free, just so you can fly under their banners. Because this wealth accumulation is just not a problem on the Chinese server. So these FC get to have this kind of uh, perfect war against each other. They don't have to worry about whether they have to pay the SRP tomorrow. None of these things matter to them. They just have to go out there and win the fight. And they do this day in, day out for many years. That's why they develop this kind of, like I said, sixth sense of uh, competition, fighting. And that is just... I haven't seen it exist yet on the Tranquility server. Yeah, it's just so weird for me because if I was in a position where I had infinite resources, I would be trying new things constantly. I would be consistently trying to innovate um, with my with my line members. But it sounds like that's not something that the the Serenity server is like predisposed to, and I'm trying to figure out why, because that's like something I've not heard of before. You never heard about this kind of fight before? Um, no. If I knew that there was a server where I could get paid to be an FC, I would be on Serenity. Um, well, you need to learn Chinese <laughs> first. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a kind of payment for FCs, right? Aren't there accounts paid for and comped by the Alliance and that sort of stuff? I mean, it's not money, but it is like worry-free. My profits campaign. I got paid zero dollars. Not a No, they didn't pay for my subscription. Like my subscription is paid for me by CCP, and they never offered to give me anything. So that's life. Mm. Life outside of the very biggest of alliances is you get no support. I didn't even get SRP for my FC ships. That was fun. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's, we're talking a whole different bracket here than if you have a pacifier economy that constantly fuel experimental training and people getting paid to actually FC in real money. It's interesting. When I asked them to come to Tranquility, many members kind of laugh at me. Why would they come without me paying them in real life? And I would say that I would just give it a try. Well, some of them, well, many of them, they come with my invitation, especially for the big fights. But um, 
Yeah, I guess there are still definitely some FC from Serenity that are not into only the money um, um, because of how the server have been developed into. Um, it's getting a little bit tricky uh, to get quality fights. Whenever you go into Nelson space, you get jump on by you know 50 Titans and that's not fun. So they seem to be also enjoy enjoying this kind of uh, new challenge on a uh, uh, tranquility server as well definitely yeah and it is funny and i think jintan kind of touched on it the, the we look at serenity we think of that as a broken eve but i'm sure they look at us and they see it's like that's a volatile eve where you can't ever really get to the meat of the getting good at fcing and stuff because it's you're constantly on guard to protect your financial interest constantly on guard to even arrange a good fight uh it must be it's just interesting that both these seem legitimate now whereas we might have looked at serenity and said that one was not legitimate that one is classified and we should really just be in a constant state of war you see um, what i mean dude serenity's so fast yeah it's very interesting switching for a second from from uh FCing and, and military conflict to diplomacy. Who would you consider to be your closest uh, closest allies or friends to Winter? If if Winter needed some help or wanted to do something interesting, to whom would they make a call? Would you would you call because you used to be in Bob? Would you call the the like NC dot? So you're talking about my personal preference, not the coalition. No, well, I'm, I'm asking of, you. Kind of the same, yeah. Chabudoba. But I'm actually asking more about Winter. What is, who are Winter's friends? Well, I want to become more and more independent. Uh, back when we were four or five years ago, we were only able to form 50, 60 million fleets. So we don't have really that big of a choice. Um, if we want to get space in Nelset, live in Nelset, then we have to be somewhat attached to a bigger coalition. I know that. Uh, Amen. But uh, now I think that we have the luxury to become independent. And then I definitely think that if uh, at the current moment, Tranquility lacks such a group that um, are willing to stay independent. And that's what I'm trying to achieve uh, with Winter Coalition. Um, I have strong relationship, definitely, uh, with uh, Pen Farm, with GOTG, even with Test to a certain extent. I'm not too familiar with the uh, Goon leadership. Uh, I've been fighting Goon since I started playing the game back in 2007, 2008. Um, I, I knew a lot of the major uh, leadership right now. Whoever was running EVE, five years ago is still unfortunately running it today. It must be very tiresome for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a stressful, st stressful work. So um, I, I would say that, yeah, definitely NCPL will be someone that I will, I will try to call up on. But right now I'm trying to do it less and less because to be frankly honest with all of you, I'm running dry on content. So whenever I get a chance to fight, I don't really want to share it with, with anyone. Unless, of course, it's in an off time zone for us, then 
we need more people to engage in a fight that we don't really have the chance to win by ourselves, then definitely I call on to someone else. But um, I'm in the process of moving to become more and more independent. I remember back in the day, Pangu used to be part of the N3 coalition, if I'm remembering correctly, or at least aligned with them. Do you think that's why you have, um, why you retain good relationships with NC and PL? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, our first Chinese system or station in Nelset was given by PL and N3, basically. So um, that was that was a really uh, a graceful thing for them to do. But again, um, I was considering that also one of the worst decisions I have made uh, while running the alliance uh, because um, we lived in Amencia for uh, four months and that was already, to me, too far into the nail set. And it's very difficult um, to keep an active PvP player base in that area without having the FCD constantly arrange deployment somewhere else and um, that kind of put too much stress on our leadership team. So that from that on point on forward, um, I always try to position uh, my alliance and my coalition close to the uh, NPC nail set too. So the things can move more uh, 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 in rhythm without the leaders have to be always online to arrange fights or, or try to trigger fights. You know, I'm curious too, because I mean, you mentioned a lot about wanting to make sure that there's fights and, um, and Serenity, they kind of manufacture these fights and everything. And I'm really curious what wormhole space is like in, on the other servers or in the other time zones. I mean, we don't run into a lot of Asia time zone people in wormholes. There's, I mean, there's a pretty substantial Russian and, you know, uh, presence in wormholes, but some of the attitudes that you're talking about in your, in your Alliance and null really remind me of some of, you know, the attitude of wormhole space. And I'm really curious how wormholes are from your perspective and especially in Serenity. Um, from what I heard, it was just run by two alliance. Basically, that's the only two alliance that was in Serenity uh, that uh, happened to be running things in um, uh, Wormhole. And they control the entire uh, Tech 3 uh, protection. And one of that alliance is in my coalition right now. So they basically gave up their... Uh, that alliance basically anchored and online the first kit. Uh, Kipstar uh, on Serenity. And when that Kipstar went down, they didn't even bother to defend it because they were too busy here on uh, Tranquility. They were they are still building the alliance here. So, um, oh, so you guys are wormhole capable? Um, the, we have a wormhole corporation, which is not related to the alliance. The alliance that were in wormhole uh, back in Serenity here decided they will not go into Wormhole, but they will try to do something else in Nelset. So they're not involved in Wormhole anymore. I will say that's kind of weird, and you should probably look into getting them back into it, because a lot of large alliances right now are starting to uh, see the value in having large-scale Wormhole organizations under their banner, just due to the mobility it provides. I know Test does a lot of stuff with Wormholes. I know PL has historically had a huge part of that and even rooks and kings back in the day uh, but i do have one one extra question for you i completely forgot about earlier should have asked way earlier 
it's um I know that fraternity or I've heard at least that fraternity has a large population of alphas. Uh, can you talk about that at all? How do you guys use uh, alpha characters in your alliance? Um, I don't have any statistic information about that. I think the alpha base player is not that big. Uh, not to me, because many of them are using skill injectors and getting into bigger ship. No, I don't think there's that big. Maybe there's a few players who are... Uh, is abusing some game mechanics and use alpha characters, a lot of them, to do some weird stuff. But the major players, uh, when they stay for longer than a month, they definitely go into Omega account. They are not staying in alphas. Okay, well, I, I, probably, I had some bad information there, but I, I'd heard that you guys were using a lot of the alpha changes, and that was kind of the impetus for a lot of Chinese players to come over because they could just freely try it. Is that something that you found to be the case? Or? I, I think definitely, definitely it's a plus for the Chinese player. But I think uh, the ratio of alpha account is definitely bigger outside of our coalition. I mean, in, in Goons or in other places. Because I think in... Uh, because when, when player choose to come to uh, Winter Coalition... Basically, this is basically this is mentioned on the Chinese form. Okay, if they choose to join our coalition, um, they're choosing a rough life. If they want an easy life, they can go elsewhere in Eve, which is you know they will be under a super cap umbrella, and you know everything is relative safe to do. If they choose a winter coalition, they 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 are choosing a much more engaging, much more dangerous uh, Eve career and that's i think how the game should be played so these players when they join us they're prepared to go much more deeper instead of playing just on the surface of the game so uh we, as a coalition we have a much smaller ratio of this alpha account compared to other places all right, let's, uh, we're going to ask you some hard questions and then we'll uh, move on to some news we're going to go a little long again such interesting information from wind spirits Again, who is the CEO of Fraternity. And actually, it's a, now the Winter Coalition, uh, which has a variety of groups, most of them Asian. But let's talk about Serenity. Is, is there a lot of RMT? It's a different type of server in that it's kind of a pacified economy. So are people actually... Let's see the bunny, by the way, because people are asking for it. Funny enough, people are also asking if, uh, if they can marry you and stuff like that, which is really hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I'll send yeah, you so, pictures. Well, I'm married. Already, so. <laughs> Good answer. Um, so yeah, the um, is there like is there RMT? Is that a thing, or is it something that's kind of not talked about um, and exists, or does it not exist? On, on Serenity, yeah. Well, you didn't mm. play Serenity, but I'm wondering culturally if that's a thing that you're uh, labeled with or. So, Something you deal with in any way? Yeah, it's 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 part of the mechanics. It's allowed on Serenity RMT. So RMT is or botting? Botting is is all RMT. botting and RMT is allowed. All the Chinese MMORPG RMT. It, it doesn't make sense for them to play a game that's not RMTable. Wow. Right. So so does... let me just give you a perspective. Um, let me see. I think, of course, uh, if there's some Chinese members that can correct me, I think you can buy 
20, 30 billion ISK on Serenity for the cost of three US dollar, maybe? It's worth noting that 20 to 30 billion is a lot less, considering I believe a Plex is 24 billion or something like that when I last checked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so still, but think about it if you don't bolt and you're just on Serenity for the PvP content, there's absolutely no reason you should go ratting. I mean, even the salary level here is low. Many people will still just rather spend 50, 60 bucks uh, and buy, you know, 80 billion this and then just go there out there and fight. So it's not necessary unless they're bowling. If you don't bowl, there's usually not that much of a point to go into PvE. Maybe just for the, for the fun of it, but definitely not for the wealth accumulation. Yeah. So that people know RMT is real money trading and it basically means that you can cash out. So if you earn a lot of money in the game, you can sell it for real money in real life. And so uh, accumulating wealth um, allows you to actually make money. Yeah. It's yeah, not allowed. That's, that's where the FC salary was paid from, basically. I paid, right. let's say, Jin a uh, thousand or two thousand usd a month to fc so i can sell the you know 200 out of 64 moons that i produce every month and uh, brb i'm learning chinese yeah you, i will pay you to blow up my stuff so i can cash them out and pay you again what the fuck man we <laughs> missed out all this fucking time God yeah damn. You've wasted your life on tranquility. You should Could be have made so much money as a shitty, shitting 14-year-old. All I had to do is learn Chinese. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. So RMT is allowed, and it's, it's a way of life, and people get paid to FC, and that allows a different culture of FCs to emerge uh, that are quite good, like Olympia, Olympic athletes. Uh, all this is uh, super interesting. Yeah, um, to add on to that, um, just a tiny bit of uh, information. They're good once you put them on a grid with the right ships in their disposal, but they're not good at finding fights. So that's the biggest problem for them. And it's for basically all the Chinese FC. There's maybe, uh, I'm not considering myself a very good FC. Um, at least for now, I don't really have to FC that much because there are a lot of FC that can take my place. Um, but um, like I said, many of these FC, they're just not good at finding content here on Tranquility server. So they're basically blind. Um, I need to help them seek more content, get into uh, bigger content. So that's a plus or a minus. That's why I compare them as Olympic athlete. Um, and you guys are the real warriors. You guys, you know, do dirty works just to win the fight, but they are just standing there you know, uh, uh, always kind of assuming a fair fight in that kind of sense. So uh, they yeah, are not... so that's where you come in, though, is, and that's what uh, you provide is the connections and the you break through the language barrier and you help organize and, and you provide content for these guys. Yeah, language is one thing I guess I, I know how to trigger those bigger content. Um, like the war we fought in 2017. So getting into that war, basically uh, quadruple uh, our population in less than four months. 
uh, we were running 120 man fleet at the beginning when I came back. And then when I went AFK back in November, we were forming almost two max fleet. So, yeah. Um, one other question so that you said something like, uh, when the Chinese show up to a fight, they predict, they presume a fair fight. So I wonder about the, the, you know, the, the real warriors and how they trick and use every tool they have to win a fight. That's not even just a fair fight kind of stuff. Um, the meta politics uh, for Chinese is it? How do you guys approach meta politics? You mean how the politics goes in Serenity, or how? well, yeah, because I, and again, you're answering for Serenity. You're not a part of Serenity, but I wonder if uh, if you could give some insight on do they have a meta game as strong as our meta game, where people talk about the game, write about the game, have like media about the game. Is all that over there too? Yeah, definitely. Those uh, childish fight you guys have on Redux, they have that too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. The Reddit fights, they have all those. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked the... about the Chinese Reddit. Are you How telling me there's been the Chinese shitposting that I've been missing this entire time? <laughs> I need this. Can you, can you link us the Chinese Reddit so that I can just start like bad posting using Google well, Translate? I... Yeah, Google Chinese is not gonna work that well. Damn uh, it! Yeah, yeah, it's as as exciting uh, as the 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 fights here on on Reddit. Yes, I would say. Do they use anime and memes and all that too? Have they heard uh, of anime? Yes, all kind of uh, different. <laughs> yes, yes, many different kind of uh, jokes and <laughs> things like that. Some of the jokes I don't even get because I I. I left China when I was uh, seven, so many of the things I, I was still kind of trying to learn. Yeah, but definitely fun. I guess even more professional than the than the Redux here on global server. I'll say. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> the the last question is because you're in or you're familiar with China. How do they actually get to play Tranquility? Do they have to use a VPN to um, to get on the server, or how's that? How hard is that for them? I don't have to use it because I'm in Shanghai and I have some kind of... Uh, I pay the um, telecom company extra money for this kind of direct line. But yes, when I move to other city for business meeting, um, I have difficult getting onto the server. Uh, and the problem is not consistent. It's sometimes you can get on, sometimes not. So definitely, I would say that... Um, Many of these players, um, Chinese players, uh, I guess a big portion of them are in the first tier city. So Beijing, Shanghai, you know, uh, Guangzhou. So they have uh, more direct access to the game. And finding a VPN is not difficult, but definitely it is a bigger uh, barrier for some people to uh, break through. Go ahead, Carneros. No, it's been it's been great having you come and talk to us. Uh, that that we don't communicate as well with the Chinese players, um, and we we always wonder, you know, what what they're thinking, and you know, how do they like uh, tranquility, and are they uh, uh, what do they think of the fight we just had, and we it's always a, a mystery to us. So it's great to you know stop and talk to. you. And I can speak a little Chinese, and I have a Chinese corp in my alliance, and I can talk to them. But it's still great to get a perspective from uh, 
from someone who can who can talk about it so well. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, which uh, alliance are you in? I, it's called the Bastion. It's a、oh, okay. ally with Goonswarm in the Imperium Coalition. If you if you just look at numbers of players in Nullsec, it's somewhere around number eight, nine, ten. So pretty good、oh, size. Okay. Okay, that's good. So you guys, have,、uh, you have a Chinese cooperation in your alliance.、Oh. Yeah, Carneros, why do you know Chinese? What happened there? Oh, I just years ago, I、uh, well, actually, I have a degree in modern Chinese history, and、wow. uh, specialized in China in the 1980s. And I, I lived for a while in Beijing and attended a university there. It、oh, seemed、wow. like a good idea at the time. Uh, I think it. I think it probably was. <laughs> so, did you find a Chinese wife to marry? No, I married you. But definitely, you dated a lot of Chinese women. That's where usually you learn your Chinese from, right? I actually, I I dated a a Serbian woman who attended the same university I attended and who spoke flawless Chinese. She she was fantastic. That was many、wow. years ago. Wow. Well,、um, Winspirits, thanks very much for、uh, talking us through all this stuff.、Uh, you definitely picked up a lot of fans in the chat channel, <laughs> which is more. I, it's unusual. I usually don't see that sort of reaction that people are having a strong reaction to、uh, to you.、Uh, as, like where where is the chat channel? I don't even know. Can send me. Oh, and you can. Yeah, you can see it on the replay、uh, of this video. It'll be、uh, oh, okay. All right, on the right-hand side, because、uh, a lot of that stuff passed. We are going to. I know it's really late for you, so you can take off if you need to. But we're going to stick around and talk a little bit about news because five titans got killed,、Ouch. and、uh, yeah, so a bunch of stuff. So anyway,、uh, first we're going to do a little commercial.、Um, <clears throat> I am again over at my brother's ranch, and we have these giant bottles of honey. So I wanted to show you the difference between. Alfalfa honey, because he has a bunch of bees, because he has a branch of a lot of plums and、uh, fruit and stuff. So he has these things pollinate. Pretty cool though. This is wildflower, which no, this is citrus. So I didn't know this, but honey comes in different.、Uh, you know, it depends on what the bees are eating, and that's what they produce. Because honey is basically、uh, bee spit, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so these guys are huge, and there's like you know vats and vats of it next to me.、Uh, so that's where I'm at. I just wanted to show off the honey because I love it.、Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. We're sponsored by by、uh, honey, Matterall honey. <laughs> All right, let's move on because、uh, other stuff happens. Wow, Carneros, you were <laughs> you were giggling and shooting titans earlier. Do you want to tell us about that? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, I actually walked away from that with a little bit of advice for the player who's just getting to the super capital combat stage of E. Now, if you're an old time、uh, super cap pilot, this is nothing new to you. But if you're just getting there, I have a couple words of advice for you. First of all, there are no bad titans. All titans are great. Every Titan is a is a fantastic ship hull to start with,、um, but 
if you're really, really nervous about being primaried, you should probably pick an avatar over an Erebus. Because the FCs were primarying Erebuses first. Also, you don't want to be the closest one to the hostile fleet. Uh, because distance matters. So try to move your ship. I know they don't move very fast. I know they move like a tuna boat, but try to move them away from the bad guys because you don't want to be too close to them. Just, you know, things to think about in your first fight when you're uh, thinking about other stuff. Well, I I did go and listen to... um... Uh, the meta show, uh, and also I saw through INN that as the feeds were coming in, I mean, uh, this is a big, big fight, losses on both sides, uh, almost a trillion ASK lost in one fight. Does anyone know like how that went down or even why it went down? Yeah, I mean, I do. Okay. So they had identified an opportunity where these, these folks were using their, their super caps freely. And anytime anyone's using them freely and predictably over a period of time, there's an opportunity there to set something up. So they prepared, you know, a dread cache, and they called a few friends and said, hey, do you want to get in on an opportunity? And they set up a, uh, um, uh, anyway, they went, they went with um, a bait uh, structure of some sort. I don't even know what it was. Might have been a Raitaru. No one paid any attention to the structure the whole time. It was just there to, to be the marker for where and when the fight happened. And we we waited till they dropped some folks in. Um, how the fact that when they did drop their titans, they bounced a lot, didn't really matter because we we were going to do this anyway. But. Um, but the bouncing did present some opportunity because one guy bounced way one direction and a couple other guys bounced way the exact opposite direction, which is, you know, always a lot of fun to see. Which is but yikes. the guy that bounced, the first guy that bounced off this direction, um, he followed the rule of the squeaky wheel gets all the grease. So what he did was, he spoke up on comms, asked for some help, lit a sino, and they dropped the faxes over by him out here in basically Egypt. And uh, far away. So that so we saw that and we went over here to the main group and lit our sino there and bubbled there and jumped our dreads in there. And our dreads and the you know, our dreads were close range fit so we wanted to be close uh to these guys and the fact that most of the faxes were a long way off meant that they couldn't really effectively save the ones that were right close to us a few faxes showed up close to us and what we did was we put all our capital newts on the faxes and otherwise more or less ignored them and focused on the the titans and then after we got a few Titans down and we were starting to, they were starting to bring in folks who could hurt us and they were using um, doomsdays uh, and taking out dreads. Uh, they, then we started to say, okay, now let's target 
um, we started to go for a Nix, but then changed our mind on that too, and just went for like other dreads and faxes for a bit. And while we while we were waiting for our siege cycle to end, um, so we could jump back out. So you just a lot of fun. you just really went for it uh, because maybe the assumption was that they're going to attack this lone titan out here because it'll be easy to kill. They defended that with their logistics. He was Instead, in no danger. You guys went for the pack. There was no, the intention here was kill some Titans and sacrifice a dread fleet to the gods. That was all. The th we were actually, none of us expected to get out. My name starts with a C and I'm, I'm there on my main character and I'm reasonably famous in Eve. I did not expect to get out alive. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I jumped back out and handed my Titan back and said, thank you very much. None, none of us expected. To handed your Dread back. Handed, handed the Dread back, yeah. You weren't it's in the fight. No, no, no. I was, in, I was in a Naglfar. The Dread fleet was full, and there were people complaining they couldn't get in. 256. Now, they weren't all Dreads. Some of them were in. Um, there were a few faxes and a few carriers. But all the subcaps were in a different fleet. It was a good-sized fleet. Hmm. Well, so that's, that harassment campaign's been going on a few weeks, right? With uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, you guys are really suppressing their ability to have a, a peaceful empire that can basically rat in peace, right? Well, let's go back to what Windspirit said. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to move your alliance somewhere way back in a peaceful corner to just um, turn into null bears? Or do you want them to, you know, have some action and stuff to keep the PVP or sides happy? And I think we're providing a service. <laughs> okay. All right, Carnero, it's your gloating too. So <laughs> I, this I, is, I want the straight I had stuff. a fun moment. I'm not gloating. I don't, you know, I'm not, right. I'm not the smug type. I know. It's fun. But, uh, it was fun for you to knock out uh, five Titans. Uh, it is for anybody, uh, especially with dreads that survive, which is unexpected. So that'll probably happen again. Uh, what is interesting, though, is the, there is a harassment campaign going on in the North. Uh, is there not? There is, yes. I've, I've heard rumors of special interest groups, SIGs, being posted up in places in the North. Um, I'm not involved personally in any of those i do fly with space violence on my lunch hour at work because they have mm. mostly eu time zone uh, actions and i like that but we've we've been out in curse i've actually flown in some actions against fraternity i didn't bring that up in the, in the conversations but oh. those guys can be a lot of fun and then sometimes they show up with like huge numbers and we can't do anything but yeah that's but we're was. not pre-pinging CTAs or anything. We're just running around on lunchtime. Well, it's yeah, actually it's yeah. EU Prime. Okay. So you actually have like uh, two areas that you guys are hanging around and participating and harassing and that sort of thing. It might be more than two. I don't know. You, you, we have the same problem he has where we got a big group and we have to keep content for them or they'll all go to sleep. And... Yeah. 
we're you know as a we're doing it a little differently than he is where we're splitting our guys up into smaller groups to go out because there are too many to fight all at once yeah yeah plus it's all not right. fun who wants to pile all in into you know tie-dye every time and no 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 it's more fun a little bit smaller oh my yeah. god guys I, I have i have some breaking news yeah. Apparently, apparently, Hard Knocks just convinced someone to publicly post on the forums that they are accepting a rental agreement for a wormhole, and like publicly scammed them live. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. That's so brutal. Oh, Hard Knocks is not the same without Newman. Um, well, maybe they are the same. They scammed <laughs> me once years ago, not over a rental contract or anything, but. Uh, I, I would use an uh, inappropriate term to describe those gentlemen. <laughs> Boy, that's so fucking Which is, which is saying something. Okay, another thing that's come up, speaking of wormholes, is, is there any, anything else? What's next for you, Kaskora? Uh, you guys um, now making a transition? Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest, the biggest news out of wormholes in a while um, has been my own alliance's eviction. Um, these kind of evictions don't happen very often at all. And this was one of the biggest ones. Uh, I think that the total like destruction was like up to a trillion isk, which for wormholes is just nuts. Like that's just, that's a lot. So the final structures fell yesterday, rip. Um, we had a big meeting to discuss our future and where we wanted to go. And everyone's been really supportive and really on ball. They actually, they posted that, uh, video, that audio to Reddit, which was great. The, the dank leaks. Oh, so, um, you know, ha hearing us like debating what we want to do and having all of wormhole space, then, you know, weighing in on our decision has been super awesome for me. But, um, but we're, you know, we're, we're in a good place, you know, all together. We got evicted and that sucks, but the fights were epic and amazing and we'll remember them for a long time. So now we're just focusing on rebuilding and everyone's been so supportive and great and helpful. We've had, you know, just so many people chipping in to rebuild us. It's been really great. I just love seeing everyone come together and help each other out. And it's been really good. It's kind of like, you know, giving me a little bit more faith in Eve to see so many people, you know, helping us so out along the way. You're not, you're not fail cascading in, in misery. No, no, yeah, we're doing great. Is your connection, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when a big eviction like this happens, a lot of people assume that the next step is that the corp is going to fail. Like, you know, they lose all their assets so they can't maintain their integrity. But we, like a lot of us have been, have met in real life. Whenever we go to Eve Vegas and the Eve meetups, we're usually one of the biggest groups of wormholers there in real life. And we have a lot of really close ties to each other. And so, you know, before all this happened, like my leadership, we all got together and had like a kumbaya moment. And we're like, well, you know, Ember Sands, Posby is not this hole. It's not our structures. It's not our ships. So, you know, we can get a new hole and we can get new ships, but it's important that we stick together. And so, you know, we're doing well, surprisingly. We just have to be careful, you know. This isn't, I'm not just going to say, like, everything's hunky-dory and rainbows and unicorns and everything. You know, obviously it still sucks and we got a lot to do. But everyone's in pretty good spirits. So, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. And Can I know everybody's eager to get back uh, in. Were you able to hear me? 
Okay, it seems the bees have come from that come from yeah. that role here. Uh, so I think I think he's asking us what class of wormhole we're going to, where we're going back into wormhole space, which has been the the hot debate. You know, a lot of groups want us to move up to C five space because um, that's kind of seen as like the PvP playground, and we've always been a low class entity. So this was kind of like, is this the time we're going to move up? And we decided that, you know, the important part right now is that we need to rebuild and we don't want to try to overextend ourselves when we're in a bit of a, you know, a, a vulnerable place. So we're going to sit back up in a C4 for the time being. Um, I still would like to move to a C5. I think that would be cool. And it's a change that I would like. But we need to focus on rebuilding right now and trying to challenge us to compete up in that C5 playground is a little more than I wanted to push for right now. But... There's plenty of time in the future, so. Uh, don't they win if you go to a C5? Isn't that what they wanted? I mean, narrative? the narratives are so all over the board. You know, like, there's one narrative if we die, there's another if we kick certain people, there's another if we move to C5 space. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to keep up with the narratives, honestly. <laughs> so for me, I want to focus on what's best for my guys and for us and, you know, we've all, we're all familiar with C4 space. We know how to operate in it. And so it's a great, it's pretty much the best place we can go if we want to really rebuild and we want to rebuild quickly. We can always move wormholes again. I mean, I know it's a pain in the ass. Moving always is, but it's totally viable. But I want to make sure that we have, you know, the, the, the foundation to be able to rebuild as quickly and efficiently as possible so that we can get back to doing what we love to do, which is exploring and PVPing and wormholes. So, yeah, some people are saying that, like, one of the big motivations for the eviction was to get us into C5 space. And some people are real adamant that they don't want to do that under, you know, the the duress of the of the groups forcing us there. Um, but, you know, when, I, when I'm making a decision for my guys, I'm making it for us. I'm not trying to make it for what other people want. I mean, obviously, I got to pay attention to diplomatically where we are in the wormhole community. And I don't want us to get evicted again. <laughs> obviously. But, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about what would be the best place for us to rebuild. Cause that's what we're doing right now. We're not trying to expand. We're trying to rebuild and reestablish. And so here we are for now. And there's plenty of time in the future because I know we're going to be around for a long time. Oh, cool. Well, good luck. We should probably move on to we're wrapping up the show in a minute, but uh, we do want to talk CSM, right? Yeah, what was our final count for how many people uh, went for it? Right around 50, wasn't it? I believe there were 52 applicants this year. Yeah. Which is, I believe, the exact same as applied for CSM 11, remembering. Or it was like, it was, it was high 50s at least. But they, um, they still haven't verified, have they? I mean, those applications no. need to go through. The, the verification process will finish at FanFest, and you will know who you could vote for at FanFest, although I don't believe voting will start. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so anyway, is effectively the start of the campaign season. Right. Uh, and it looks like uh, Noisy says there's 53 candidates, so somebody must have snuck in there. It's 53 so, close. so, so far. close. Yeah, you're close. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that if you haven't been thinking too much about uh, FanFest, it's not very far away. It's only like 18 days. Oh my God, is that soon? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I haven't. Man. I haven't even started my presentation yet. Ripping pieces. Yes. I got actually do that next week. Oh yeah. Also, I'm presenting at FanFest. 
come watch my thing or don't. I don't really mind. <laughs> what are you presenting <laughs> on? Uh, I'm going to be doing a Spheres of Influence 2. I'm going to be kind of going around Eve and just saying, hey, here's where people live. Here's who lives there. Because I so think that's what... interesting to the kind of people who come to. So it's your YouTube content pretty much uh, live. Yeah, Yin Talks live. Wow. Well, that's great. Thank you. Um, all right. Thanks for showing up. Sorry about some of the technical things. Again, I'm doing this show remotely. I expected to be home, but my family convinced me to stick around another day, uh, which I'm appreciative of. But it's nice that you guys joined us. Uh, Carneros, Cascora, Jintan, thanks for coming on. And of course, Wind Spirits, who had to leave us because it was past midnight over where he was. So thank him for coming on as late as he did. If that's uh, everything, then we will say goodbye for this week and see you next week on Talking Instations. <laughs>